You know, I got a theory about boobies. Really? Yeah. See, there are as many women as there are men on this planet. True that, true that. And every woman has two boobs, for the most part. So, therefore, there's twice as many boobs as there are men. We're outnumbered, and it's overwhelming. We're powerless. We have to accept it. I like your take on boobies. And I like boobies. Hello, and welcome to episode 35 of the Grass and Gear podcast. I'm FN Grasshopper, and as ever, I'm joined by my talented co-host, Daniel Gear of Bolivia fame. Say hi, Dan. Hi, Tony. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Obviously, um, we last met at the start of July. Now we're meeting at the end of July. Obviously, we had a nice summer holiday in between that. It was lovely. Had great weather <laughs> in this country as well. Um, wow. Well, I don't know about great. It was very, very hot, wasn't it, uh, last week? It's too hot for me. Remember how hot I was at... Um on the G&G weekend. Well, you were always hot to me, Dan, but um, yeah, <laughs> you, were, yeah, you wasn't coping very well, were you? Uh, I'm actually back in hoodies now, though, because it's got a bit cooler. <laughs> Fancy. <laughs> um, so today's podcast, uh, I don't think we've got a title for it yet, but we're looking at two exotic player roles that exist in FM19. Um, really, that was born about the fact that I'd, I've just done a piece for SI, which is with them now to translate into many languages it does um, and I thought to Dan let's do perhaps a, just a f- tactical focus on 2D's roles so is this um, article getting released then? it will be at some point but it might not be till the next few months or something I don't know how long they take sometimes sometimes it's quick sometimes it's not so uh, depends, it depends on the quality as well exactly yeah so it could be a while <laughs> could be a long while <laughs> Um, so the two player roles we're looking at today is uh, the Engenche, which is what uh, I'd be, I'll be talking about, and then Dan, which is the Segundo Valente. Um, they're, they're two roles which are great phonetically, um, and so we could probably close the pod here and just say they're great phonetically roles to use in your team, end the pod, because they sound so lovely, don't they? Well, to be fair, that, that's it, two minutes, wrap it up, that's good. Yeah, thanks for the hit. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> But before we do that, we need to start on a beer opening. So, as always. As always, I'm going to go for a Czech beer, but it's not Budvar. So it's one of um, Andre's favourite, Kisi Rensi's. It's Pilsner from Pletsen in Czech Republic. So I'm looking forward to trying that. What about you, Dan? Well, um, I've been doing my NFL draft the last couple of days, so I've gone for Samuel Adams Boston Lager. Wow. Does that help with the NFL draft? Or not? Yeah, I'm doing all right, actually. Right. What do you mean you're doing all right? Is it just over one night or is it over several nights? Well, they're picking players and stuff, so I'm, I'm happy with the players I've got. Okay. And it's, um, it's all football manager people, so um, co- like content creators and um, consumers of their content. Right, okay. So it's, it's relevant. Many fans of Grass and Gear in that, in that little group? No, no, none of them. No, we're still looking for them. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, without further ado, let's just spark up. It's quite nice not having guests, isn't it? Because you get to the beer quicker. Because mm. you can just say awesome. your beer and it's yours and then we're just straight into it. It's brilliant. Maybe we shouldn't bother with guests anymore. I think so, yeah. I think it's going <laughs> to be a thing now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Two lovely sounding names, an Aganche and a Segundo Valente. That's what we're going to talk about today. So, Dan, you've got some questions for me. I have. And we should just go straight into it. Okay, now. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, 
I just wondered if you'd give a bit of an introduction on the role, why you chose it, what it does in real life, and who plays it or has played it. Okay, so Bien Ganche is translated from Spanish, meaning hook. It's largely used in Latin America. Um, obviously, we, we talked about the questions before this board, and I wrote down that I like older men, as you know, in FM. Mm, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there's something about getting the best out of an older player for me. Um, it just makes me more satisfying. They drop physically in their 30s and beyond, but they still keep their lovely technicals and mentals. Um, so you kind of have a, you have this role in FM, which probably isn't used much nowadays. Um, it's an old school role. You get the best out of an older player because essentially they don't really have to be mobile with the ball. Their role really is to stay up the pitch and you know look for quick releasing passes and using their basically first touch and vision. It's a dying role, really, isn't it? Yeah, it has. And it, when I was like, like, look, read my piece that goes out to us, so I was kind of, I spoke about really the classical number ten and how it was kind of, you know, it was born about in Argentina this obsession with having a number ten who was kind of largely carried by his teammates. So, you know, there'd be ten, you know, you know, nine, sorry, out nine out outfield functional players, and then I'd have this guy that can just turn it on at any moment. And we, we kind of saw it in Europe, didn't we, up till about the late 90s, early 2000s, where there was a, suddenly there was a shift that this playmaker then, he needed to do stuff out without the ball as well. So before yeah. they could just drift around, do what they want, turn it on when they can, get the match ball and go home. <laughs> but then there was a lot about pressing, wasn't there? And so it was all about, you know, that striker has to, that's what that attacking field has to press from the front. He has to really lead the press. So the players behind him are kind of like, orchestrated by him to to press and where to press so it kind of over time got rid of that kind of classical number 10 they had to become runners they had to become very good at defensively as well and and and, and think defensively as well which you know the old school players weren't doing that um, yeah it's a bit of a shame really isn't it because like some of the players like obviously still quality 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 players but we labor as I'm not sure what the number 10 one we were talking about we're sort of they were like senior magicians back then yeah you know and we don't seem like we don't seem to have that standalone individual in the team so much anymore it tends to be a lot more team role everyone moving about different like roles positions in that whereas back back then like, I remember um, what was his name McElmley yes but, so he, he's the classical number 10 that you know you can't help but talk about really um, he's probably one of the last ones really yeah, and I just remember watching him when um, Villarreal played Man United, and it was just like something different, you know. Yeah. And because like back then, the Liga, even though it was on TV, it wasn't quite as accessible as it is now. You know what I mean? And it it felt it, when you watched it, it was a bit of a treat to uh, see a player like that. Yeah. Because we never really had it so much in the Premier League. No, well, I suppose the close in the Premier League of that era was a bit before. You you could argue Burkamp was kind of that, but. I'd see him more of a kind of shadow striker, really, especially in his early days. Yeah. He used to run beyond and get goals. What Raquel May was, he was something really special that, you know, Pellegrini almost just built his whole team around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember they played Arsenal that year that they got to the semis. You know, we got very lucky against them, really. Raquel May missed a penalty in the, in the second leg, which would have seen them through. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I still remember that fondly. Um but yeah, he, Raquel May was different. He didn't train very well with Pellegrino, Pellegrino. He just kind of like, you know, let let the guy do his thing. Sometimes he'd, he'd like F off back to Argentina to see his family. 
uh, and not really train and he didn't really have to because his role wasn't about running pressing it was kind of <laughs> you know turning on the magic and being an orchestrator of the ball um so yeah it's a really exciting role to get my hands on in fm i used it in fm 16 with my grass of a save um, when i had a had a tricky brazilian player called um Caio. um and really it was largely to take the fact that he had literally no natural fitness or um, any kind of physicals whatsoever, but he was good technically. So yeah, Enganche, that's it in a nutshell. Um, what was the rest of your questions? It was... Who played it in real life? Okay, sure so yeah, I would say the latest to play it, Raquel May. Um, but there's, there's loads of, it's still probably used in, um, in South America. You just don't see no. it really in Europe anymore. No, not so much, no. Um, which is a shame. Um, another question is, how have you used it in FM and why? Like your tactic and formation? Yeah, so I've, um, I chose Juventus as um, getting on the Calcio hype. Uh, just my little save uh, when I was trying this out for SI. Um, and you can see that I used the Bosnian playmaker, French Bosnian, uh, Miralan Panjic. Um, yeah. So I've kind of moved him up. I think traditionally now he plays deeper, but he's kind of moved back up to where he used to play. I think it was in Metz in France, the attacking midfielder role. Um, so he played Enganche there. You can see that he has all the good stuff for an Enganche. Uh, an Enganche has to have good composure, decisions, first touch, passing, technique, and vision. Um, and he's got some desirable traits there. Like he's got try killer balls often. You're going to want that in Enganche. Um, he, he comes deep to the ball. He plays one twos as well. He looks for the pass, attempts to score. So he kind of ticks all the boxes, and that's really why I went with Juventus, other than the fact that they're you know, going to walk in the league. But he was a nice enganche to use. Um, I did try initially to try it with Roma, and I tried to use Pastore, who's Argentine. He, mm-hmm. he wasn't quite as good. Like Panjic just ticks all the boxes. So what you're saying is you tried him with Roma, because they're not running the league, you struggled. So you pick the big team that walks the league every year just to cover your management errors. Basically, yes, but it was glorious what what, what they did in his role. It was amazing. So I need to talk about what what I put put him into the system. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I used basically a a four three one two narrow, which is traditionally what Argentine was using. Argentina was using um, back when they started using enganches. So it's it's a narrow formation. So you've got you know a back four. And then you've got three central midfielders. Then you've got the enganche in front of them. And then the enganche has got options in front of him. Um, so I'll go through the player roles now. Um, I've got a classical goalkeeper on defend. I've got a fullback defend on the right. Um, central defender on defend. Or two of them, sorry. And then a complete wingback on support on the left. Um, in midfield, I've got a deep line playmaker in the um, MC. Yeah, the, the right of the MC, you've got a centre midfielder on attack, and then on the left you've got Cali Carriero, and then in front of him you've got the Enganche. He's got in front of him a false nine, and a complete forward attack. So, the midfield I kind of structured it on um, AC Milan's four three one two, where they won the Champions League in the early two thousands, because that was like, that was a front two with a playmaker behind Rui Costa. So I kind of thought, okay. If it worked for Rui Costa and AC Milan, what did they have behind him? And they had this amazing midfield of Perlo, Gattuso, um, and Seydorf. Um, I hope you listened to um, 
five star potential latest podcast for a bit of advice do you know what um unbelievable isn't it that obviously had i had planned to talk about this ac milan central three and then they've done a podcast so there's obviously been a leak at grass and gear studios uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> um, i think i listened to that and they did li- they spoke about the um the slightly later team with kaka in it ac milan team yeah, it was still yeah, essentially yeah. the same three midfielders but i would say in that team gattuso wasn't as like marauding he kind of was a bit more disciplined than he was in the early 2000s yeah um and they had Rui Costa in that team so Rui Costa wasn't really an enganche I'd say he kind of no. he kind of drift around um he was more mobile uh, whereas I've tried to keep an enganche so really the central midfield I come happy with that you know they're mm. going to offer um some mobility going forward which is kind of Sammy Kadira in that central midfield attack role he's got good off the ball he's going to make the runs um I've I've put both in midfielders left and right to be kind of stay wider so the Carrillo has that built into their role profile but with the central midfield I've told him to stay wider a bit and the reason for that is because it's a narrow formation but you know I want a bit of like kind of false width so they kind of drift around a little bit in the half spaces mm. um, in front of the enganche he's, he needs runners to flourish basically so what you've got there is you've got central um, sorry complete forward on attack who's kind of he can do it all basically so you need an all-rounder in that role someone that can you know run behind but can also hold up the ball um the false nine is a great role as well and, and Dybala is is outstanding in the match engine I know United are kind of interested in signing aren't they mm-hmm. I don't know how yeah, you feel yeah, about yeah. that but if he's anything like him FM he's going to just walk <laughs> over the Premier League <laughs> um I see it title on the back exactly so what I wanted mm-hmm. from Dybala in that false nine role was I wanted someone to drop deep and get the ball and put it into the enganche's feet because if if it's both roles running beyond the lines you really need someone to basically pass into the enganche um i hesitated with like deep line forward or even a target man could work i guess but you don't really want him to suck the ball you want him to like do a bit more of it and with a false nine they run they dribble more so it worked really well and obviously with all that midfield and central dynamic is very it's very narrow you've got that ace in the hole there which is your complete wing back and that gets forward so much and it's always an out ball for the enganche so the enganche basically he's got people running behind him he's got people in front of him but even if they're all marked out of the game he's got that alexandro complete wing back running on the width um hmm. so yeah it worked it looked, it worked lovely and obviously the other full back is defend i've kind of put that there i wasn't sure what to do with that role i've kind of it kind of slots into almost like a back three yeah um, because the, 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 cent, the complete wing back is so advanced, they they play like you. We'll look at a screenshot in a sec, but he's almost a winger. It's like a Danny Elvis when he's at Barca. <laughs> yeah, I can see that now. Yeah, he's um, gone up to a three-one forward here. Yeah, um, I just talk about uh, the mentality. Obviously, I've made it positive because I'm I'm Juve. Obviously, you're gonna. Let's, let's, let's try our best I've played out of defence and played through the middle just trying to really funnel stuff through the enganche mm. um, and I've distributed to centre backs in the build up for the transition of the goalkeeper and what you've noticed here, I've, I've got lower line of engagement and the reason for that is um, I noticed there was quite a bit of distance between centre backs and the midfield three so what I wanted to do was just to lower it a little bit so you get kind of a dynamic between the deep line playmaker with the centre backs so you kind of, if you're playing out the back and through the middle, you kind of get, you know, 
your, 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 your central defenders playing into the deep line playmaker and it worked quite nicely there yeah um, so yeah as you said on the, on the position inside it, it kind of is like a 3 five, two, isn't it it's, can, mm. can you see the heat map there it's very like yeah. Al- Alexandro for instance is you would almost put him as midfield left wouldn't you yeah that's it yeah you sort of you sort of say it's like a, a 3 one four, two. yeah sort of if you even the right back's quite advanced but uh, I suppose you're dominating the game yeah you know you've probably got license push on that a little bit more yeah but um, yeah no I think um, it definitely you kept mentioning these running, runners around him I think it was um, FM Canaccio the other week they were saying how do I get the enganse to work and you put his tactic up and you didn't really have any runners around it and that is really something if you want it to work you sort of got to do what you've done and build a tactic around it ensure that he's got lots of options going ahead of him to pass a ball to um, make sure he's got cover behind him and like you say he's not expected to do much work Yeah, um, and I think it's not one of those roles you can just think like here's my team of 10 I can just pluck him in it needs to be like he's first down on the team sheet now let's work from there yeah no, that's exactly you know what that is exactly how I built the tactic obviously I slotted Panchik into the uh, sent that, that attacking midfielder slot and then just for from from him working, you know, downwards basically. How's he gonna How's he gonna be protected? But then also, how's he gonna be supported? Um, and it's quite a nice way of playing actually, just to build one around one player. Normally, when you come into an FM save, you might have an idea that how you're gonna play straight away, or you might have multiple roles that are good. But literally, this 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 approach with drilling down to that one player and saying, okay, I'm gonna build my team around him, like the classical number ten that I mentioned earlier. And you know that's how teams were were functioning, in, you know, in yeah. the past teams. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you've done the right tactic there. So definitely. I mean, there are some areas I changed, but it, 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 you can see how it would work. Yeah, I think the key thing, obviously, you know, you know, when you you panic when you see red in a formation. Obviously, I'm, I don't. Well, I don't ever panic. Uh, I, see red I know in you don't panic, Dan. You, you, you're cold blooded, but um, obviously, you've got <laughs> loads of red in the top right corner, but. If you're going to sacrifice space somewhere on the pitch, which you are going to in any formation, I'm happy to have it in the you know the, the advanced flanks. Every tactic is going to have a weakness, and the, it's about finding the best weakness to suit you. Yeah. If their fullbacks have got the ball there, it's not much of an issue. Um, it's not so much. I think I think it's work. It looks like it works well. The only thing I would say is you've um, you might be a bit crowded on the right. Yeah. But you can see how the rest would work, you know what I mean? Everything sort of like the left would work well. Yeah. And the, through the, the left was lovely. Through the middle, you know. It I guess I could see it working. Um and like you said, you've got runners to go beyond them and that's the main thing I think. I think you with uh, if you're gonna build a tactic around Enganche, you've got to have some allowances elsewhere on the pitch. Yeah. And I think that's that's what you've done. Um so nice thirdly I think you're pretty gonna ask me how it performs. So you've seen, you've seen the heat map already, and the and the yeah. the player positions. I've just got a screenshot there about the the passes received. Can you see that um, image? Yeah, yeah. What is really good, and that would be in the post. Obviously, I can't include all these screenshots in SI because it's quite limited <laughs> what you can put. But um, I wanted just to, to touch upon that is because the enganche there is shown as being very central. He's, he's receiving the ball in central areas, and that's exactly what the role does. Um, you can't expect that role to drift too much and start receiving and doing stuff 
on the flanks. The only thing I would say is he looks quite deep at times. Yeah, do you know what I think? That's his player trait because he's got he's got come deep, uh, come deep to get ball. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose the only way around that is you could you could push the not have the you can have a you know have a more more aggressive mentality or a more aggressive um, line. Yeah. Um, but I suppose it could easily be where you um you've got corners against you and stuff like that. Yeah. Or a counter counter attach where you just drop him. He's not massively deep. Yeah. But you can see where you're attacking on the right side of the image. You like he's very central. All the balls are going to him. Yeah. But then on the la- in the left half side of the half, you've got like that little like scutter just there. Yeah. All I can think of is where you've been under pressure. Well, I did, this, this was AC Milan to be fair, which is one of the better teams in the league. Mm. Um, did you draw that one? I didn't. I, I won four 0 believe it or not. But all four yeah. goals came in the first half. Oh, AC Milan aren't good anymore. I forgot to say that. <laughs> <laughs> they got money problems, <laughs> but no. With you, though, you should really be doing well with with any, yeah. with any side you come across, really. Um, but no, I really enjoyed the role. Um, it's, it's 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 unfortunate, really, because it's maybe something I look for FM twenty. Really, I don't I have not had a need for it this year. I, I've never had any attacking midfielder really centrally playing. I've always been playing AML and AMR, uh, having wingers, not actually had a central attacking midfielder like that. Is that a partial saver feel there? Possibly. You've, you've entered. A, a precision I might select saver feel. <laughs> yeah. I might write a blog post about it. I don't know. <laughs> but no, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and it's been lovely talking to you about it, Dan. And it's a very yeah, it's it's a lovely it's sounding a good role name. And it's, it's a lo- I think it's very misunderstood by some people. Yes, I think. I think um, Diego Mendoza has always used it in quite well. And um, yeah. with his wanker formation. <laughs> so we, what Diego does, obviously, he has the two. He has basically a central three in attack midfield. You don't really see FM as doing this. It's only Diego, bless him. So he has a deep line forward as a striker generally, or complete forward, and he has like this three central attacking midfielders. The fir- the one in the middle is the enganche, so he's stationary there. And what Diego does is he put two on the, either side of him as shadow strikers. And yeah. It's it's again it's very narrow. I think he mm. he's he's gone very narrow, and he, he relies really on his wing backs. It, it's it's like it's like yours, but a bit more attacking. Yeah, and committing more players forward. Do you know what? I did consider replicating Diego's, and I thought he's too attacking because he is he- mm. he's heavily reliant on the the the, the fullbacks to be good. And you can you know classical Diego Mendoza. He, he'll go to Libya and he'll start playing this formation with Libyan fullbacks. And it doesn't really quite work, and he's like hitting the sofa. <laughs> and you can understand why, because he, he's very heavy to rely. Those those fullbacks are the only width possible in that formation, <laughs> and it it is very attacking. It's it's he's on the limit of like madness, isn't it really? <laughs> but it has given him some success over it has, the years. It has blessing, yeah. But I suppose it's easier enough to do in Libya, as you say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right then, Dan. So that's the first part of the pod done. Enganche. Now we're um, talking about Segundo Valente. Yes. What does it mean in Portuguese, do you know? Say that again, sorry? What does it mean in Portuguese? <coughs> um, <laughs> second attacker, I don't know. Oh, not bad. Yeah, Segundo is second. Um, Valente is steering wheel. All right. Yeah. So it's up to you now to tell me more about this role because, do you know what, I've never used it in FM. Well, I primarily used them in the beta of my last same I did a few streams of. And I um, I can't say I really used it on my Kaiser Slaughter save, 
but when we said we would choose um, interesting roles, yeah. I thought it would be a good one to go back to. I don't see many people use it. I don't even you know. know. We both said this, didn't we? When we did this pod, those two roles don't get picked as much. No, which is strange, I think, because I think the Segundo Falante is the most complete midfield role on the game, or probably a complete role on the game in total. Okay. I think it's, um, it's very demanding, and the problem people find is it takes us certain player to play the role so it's a certain it, it's a certain position isn't it as well yeah and um it's, you can only play it to the left or the right of the um, defensive midfield it can't be central right but it's sort of you need um the same attributes for a box-to-box midfielder for the attacking situations and then you need the attributes for a defensive midfielder for the defensive so, um, positions so is it hard to get a player like that in that can do both well it's not hard to get it because you can sort of you can sort of train players up, but you don't also have to have everything in perfect. Yeah. We've, we've always said that any player can play a role, it's just a different ability that they can play that role. And I think um, also, be, to play it, you need to have two de- defensive midfielders because you need someone like an man to cover behind him because he does go forward and he goes forward far and he's massive gaps. So I think when people will build the tactics, sort of like the enganche, it's something you need to build around him. Right. Because if you've got, say, a centre midfielder and then him drop behind him, he goes beyond that centre midfielder every time, you're just going to get so many holes in behind. So, um, and I, I do think maybe if, like I've done a 4 2 2 2 with um, two defensive midfielders. And I think um, people don't like that because they don't visually like having two defensive midfielders with that hole in the middle where the centre midfielder and attacking midfielders would be. So I was just going to ask actually, just looking at your formation there, so that you've got two defensive midfielders. Have you got a player in mind that has played this or has played it in the past? This, this, this role. Who 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 would play this role in world football now or previously? In the world, oh, um, well, it's primarily Brazilian. So um, if you think of like um, Ramirez who played for Chelsea, Paulinho who played for Spurs, yeah, um, Hernandez who played for Lazio, I think it was, um. Schweitzer probably played it for Bayern Munich when he a bit younger. Yeah, when he could run. They're probably the main ones that we use it. Um, like we don't really see it so much. I think you see players that um, try and do it, like when in tactics and stuff. I mean, I think Chelsea tried to sign out um, Fabiago for um, um, France, who they sent out on loan to AC Milan. To try and play that long role again alongside of Kante, yeah, but it didn't work, and now he they like decided to ship him off again. Yeah. But I think that he played it in France, and that's what they tried to bring it over to do. But he couldn't sort of replicate that for him in England. It's not really a role we really see in England, I say. No. Again, the same as in country. But um, it's definitely. An interesting role, and I think if you're willing to build your tactic around it, it's a really good role. So you've used it in FM with a winger on attack to one side of him. Yep. And then there's an inverted winger on the other side of the flank. Yep. I can see what you're doing there. So that, that winger is pushing on. Yeah. It gives lots of space for the volante to run into. Yeah. Um. So what kind of how does it behave then? Does it, does it run central? Is it trying to get into that, the half space, as it were, like alongside 
that winger? Where's it normally? Where's it normally function and make the passes? Well, it currently dominates like the whole central of the pitch. It never really tend to go wide. Um, I tried to look at um, my Leicester save. Still, I still had it, but um, <laughs> a lot of the heat maps. He was very central, uh, but like box to box, there's sort of similar positions you would expect a box to box midfielder to take up. Yeah, but more advanced. And um, he trying to explain it. He he would go beyond a box to box midfielder into the box to look for the goals and stuff. Yeah, and um. Oh, he did score a lot of goals, which is good because of the wingers crossing the balls there and the inverted wingers coming inside. We've obviously got this complete forward and the advanced forward up front. And they where the complete forward was dropping, there was times when he would do one-twos with him to create spaces and assists. Yeah. Um, it's a very good um, attack formation, isn't it? Because you've got how many? One, two, three, four, five on attack. Yes. I'm not, I'm not judging, Dan. I'm just, I'm just questioning. Um I would have thought maybe the one or more supports. So, does it does it have a particular mentality to make this work? So, for instance, I guess possession based, you're going to need to be quite aggressive in the possession if you want to use a register, aren't you? For instance, does the Valente, was, does the Valente need a certain style to make it work properly? I would say most most of the time you you should play him on support because he does get a bit too far advanced. The reason this is um. I put him on attack. It's because I was actually doing quite well. I was having a little competition with a few other people. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About Leicester beating her. Yeah. And we were all trying to finish as high as possible. And I had quite a good run with him. And I was actually just trying to, at the end of the season, push on a bit more to try and get him forward a bit more, score a few more goals to finish up as high as I could. Yeah. But I originally started him off on support. That's what I was thinking. Because he... well, you, got, you got three of that four in midfield attack and you've just got enough yeah. Dan command in defend. Right, um, the anchor man is there to cover, and he was originally, like I said, he was originally on support. Yeah. So um, he wouldn't go as far forward, but it was just this is the last screen I have from it. <laughs> no, that's all right. It's fine. See. But no, um, he, he definitely definitely worked well. I can't. I'm trying to remember. I got a feeling I played James Madison there. Okay. Yeah. I've noticed I as well that. behind the Valenta, you've got a central defender on stopper, so that stopper pushes on, doesn't it, a little bit? Yeah. You've done that deliberately. That yeah. Okay. See what I've done there. I can see what you've done there. You're filling gaps, yeah. So basically, it's a bit like an enganche in the sense it's on the other side of the pitch where you've just got one player that you kind of... He's almost got like a roaming freedom, isn't he, to do what he wants. Yes, yeah. He definitely has. And um, I mean, I'm just looking through some of the screenshots I took earlier. And um, he sort of... You can see on the heat maps, he's uh, the games, like where he is covering stuff in some of the... Um, Assists where he's done from, they, it seems to be he gets into space quite nicely as well. Yeah. So, so um, but it's definitely a role which I think is underused. He done that. You know, it's I don't know. It's hard. It's a bit like the Ganche. You know, I think people use it, don't get it working, and then just bin it, yeah. and they don't actually see that um, how good he can be. That's the that, yeah. I think the enganche is it's a frustrating role because I think you can easily say it's not working or it's really hard to get going. Are you really? I think you've got to really pay particular attention to get that role to work. Yeah. Um, you could argue maybe all roles are like that, but it just seems to me I never have a headache with like I don't know 
advance forward, for instance, I always know I'm quite comfortable how it's going to behave and what the runs and the chances it's going to get in the match engine. I think within Gatcha, you've got to think a bit more, really, of others around him. Yeah. And I'm guessing it's like Valente. With Valente, he's going to get back, he's going to help him um, when they get the, say, the Anchorman's going to win the ball. He's going to get, give it to him and start attacks. And then he's going to get out there. And then when he's on attack, he's going to get in the box every time. Yeah. When he's on the support, he'll be a bit more like wait for the right opportunities to go in and that, but he will still get into the box. And so it, is, it really is an all round sort of player. Has, any, I, has anyone been crazy enough to do double Secundo Valente? Could you do these? I've possible? seen, actually, you say that. But when I did some research, when you asked me to... <laughs> and you actually did some homework. <laughs> I, I did fight literally 10 minutes before. Excellent. In, in Brazil, yep. they used to play two alongside of each other. Okay, what, and, with anyone in between them? or um, Sometimes with an anchor man between them. Right. Or so, And um, so it would be like a flat defensive midfield three. Interesting. Because then I suppose, you, would you just drop a striker back so you'd only have yeah. the one striker? Because if they're getting into the box, yeah, they can, as long as they're getting in the box to help with the striker. But yeah, they, in, in Brazil, they need to play two in a three-man midfield. Excellent. Maybe any of our listeners could try that and give it a go and see how they find it. You could see if one was on attack and one was on support, covered with like an anchor man or something, it would work well. Um, this this shape, I think, is probably the best one. They're four, two, three, one. If you look at it like that, yeah. Um, obviously, with the rolls and that. Um, sorry, four, two, two, two. But a four, two, three, one would also work. Um, he is a he is a playmaker as well, so you will get a lot of assists. Um, I don't really know what else to say about him, but try him. Try him. Yeah, you'd recommend it. Try yeah? him. <laughs> so yeah, it's, that's that's one of the role new roles I just haven't use and maybe it's a bit of a just me being a bit ignorant really about the role mm. um, I think I'm always stuck in my ways with using deep line playmaker or a regista kind of thing because they've been in a number of years now maybe I should branch out and use a Valente yeah but, I mean like if you if you had something like the traits like or PPMs or whatever they're called now player, player traits um, <laughs> <laughs> um, get if you had like get forward when possible that would help dictate tempo yeah. play one twos run through the ball with the ball through the centre those are the sort of ones if you if you didn't have a Volante but you had a player that had them you can definitely train them into it yeah that's true actually obviously I mentioned the Enganche's um, preferred player traits really that I'd, that I'd recommend getting in I suppose with the Segunda Valente it's quite it needs to be player traits that really enhance that player being more mobile I guess isn't it like get further forward and uh, maybe gets gets into the box kind of thing often yeah um, okay well I've enjoyed the discussion Dan I have too um, which kind of is a nice short pod really it moves into our outro so the only thing that I've got to mention well to ask you really um, what's happening Sunday at 8 o'clock? Um, I think you're streaming your Europa League final. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, my Europa League final will probably be tomorrow, so probably the day this podcast goes out. Wednesday um, night. Yeah, I've got a, a Europa League final. It's the biggest game in my FM19 save, probably the biggest that, we'll, that I'll have, really. Um, so I'm going to do one more <laughs> season after this. Uh, I'm playing United in the Parc de France, um, in France, for the Europa League. So there's a, there's a place... Champions League place uh, on, on 
potentially on the cards for Lorient, but <laughs> if not, we fall back into Europa League. But, um, yeah, that's my say. But obviously, no, I'm not going to stream Sunday or do anything Sunday because it's reserved for my co-host. Well, Sunday night, I am um, after that build-up for four weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah, so t- t- tell listeners about it. So what you dropped a, a kind of a, a teaser, a big troll, basically, because I was in France and I looked at him, think, what the fuck is he doing? What is that? <laughs> People were loving it as well, which is hilarious. Well, I, um, I dropped a t- teaser, <laughs> which was about twenty seconds long, <laughs> and everyone actually thought it was my save reveal. Yeah, and it was basically just a, a video revealing. <laughs> that I would be making my decision for FM20 <laughs> on the 4th of August at 8pm on the YouTube premiere. You did, did you pay for that teaser, though? Um, was money... Did I, money I don't wish to confirm or deny. Okay, because if, if you paid for that, kudos to anyone that actually accepted money for that and produced it, because, you know, they didn't, surely that didn't take long, did it? Uh, even PowerPoint FM could have done that. But if you think that was good, you wait till Sunday. Okay. As long as it's better than the bloody animation you did last year. Because that was embarrassing. I almost tended to close the pod down. But how can you top that? <laughs> well, how... Nobody is ever going to top that until this Sunday night at 8pm. Okay. So where can people find it? Where is it going to be? It's going to be... A... It's going to be on the Grass and Gear YouTube. Wow. Is it, is it going to be a premiere? It's going to be a premiere. Oh. It is one minute long. So come along because it won't take... An... Well, any more than a minute of your time. So please be on time. <laughs> be on time, but it is literally <laughs> sixty seconds long. Yeah, in a weird way, the the in, you know because the, the pre- YouTube premieres now. I've been in a few Jim G ones where they they count down don't they, in seconds, which is actually, yeah. it's actually one of the better bits of Jim G's premieres. To be honest, I quite enjoy that more than the actual content. But um, <laughs> in a weird way, that would be as long as the video it's premiered, yeah. which is quite weird. I might do like a five, four, three, two, one, but um. <laughs> Get there for five, quarter to eight, ten to eight, five to eight. Get involved with the hype. Get the hype in the oh, chat. On Sunday, um, I, sh- I should be uploading it Saturday. So I should have um, a link which will tell you where to go. So on Sunday, I will tweet out loads. Retweet it. Retweet out for the Grass and Gear account. Yeah. Come along and just spare 60 seconds on your um, Sunday night for hopefully something that you will enjoy and people find quite funny. I've, I've got to be honest, I'm, I've watched it about 120 times already. What, just to get the, the views up? or Say again? Just to get the view count up, or is it just, just, just because you're excited about it? I think, I actually think... Is it actually vid- good? Because I don't want to waste my it, time, because I was going to get the kids, I'm going to let them stay up a little bit longer. I honestly think it's brilliant. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, I know we did last year with Fiverr, yeah. And that was my first one. And there was a wanky iron man. Literally the only ways up from there, wasn't it? It really it, the only way up. Anything but else, and it still be better. This time, the producer. Did you um, have a English, producer? Fuck off. The English was English. So I think the communication got along a lot better. Uh, okay, so there's actually some quality control at least. <laughs> yeah. So um, the, no, honestly though, I, <laughs> I I discussed it with a guy, told him what I wanted. Yeah. Roughly. And what he came back with, like, suppressed my expectations. I am generally excited to see people's reactions. Fuck, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I, th- and, I think um, you're selling it to me. I don't know if anyone else listening is excited, but I am excited now. I don't want to wish my life away, but I'm wishing it was really Sunday now. I know. But we, we didn't want to, you didn't want it to come too soon. No. We want to enjoy it. True. Savour the moment. Savour the hype. Savour yeah. it. Yeah. That's Should any that. YouTubers be worried about this or not? 
Nah, I mean, like, to be fair, my one last year was better than all those. Did, didn't so. you say something like last time we talked about this? You said, don't be offended or something. <laughs> yeah. Does that still stand yeah, but, for, the, for the premiere? <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to be offended. <laughs> you don't think? Okay. I don't think so. They, they might be. Okay. But, you know, there's a lot of snowflakes out there. Right, Simon? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to uh, <laughs> FM underscore Simon. Um, okay, this brings an end to the podcast then, Dan. Brilliant. It's been great chatting with you. Um, it's been great chatting with you as well. It's um, nice to talk about player roles. It's um, actually quite hard to talk about them in depth when you're not actually playing them, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it helped the fact that I've done a bit more research I mean, because I've only written a piece about it and it helps because it's quite fresh in my memory. But you've done a yeah. good job, I think, getting casting <laughs> your mind back to beta and remembering what happened at Leicester. So thanks for that. And let us know if That's anyone fine. listening actually tries those roles, has used them previously or listen to this and think, okay, I'm just going to do, you know, do what Grass did or do what Gear did and, and build a team <laughs> team around it. So it'd be interesting to genuinely, and I'm, you laugh, I'm genuinely interested to see if anyone tries it. and how, how Or if someone tries it um, both in the same tactic. Yes. It, that's what, it can't, yeah. That's it, what you want to do. It might work because they're quite part, far apart from one another. A bit like I use a deep line playmate. It could work. Yeah, I think you can make it work. I can make it work. You can make anything work, baby. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay then mate speak to you soon speak to you soon bye see you all Sunday <laughs> yeah bye <laughs>